I'm Chelsea Sodaro, and you know, I still see myself as pretty new to the sport. I'm super curious and I want to learn from the best. And I am Eric Gilsonen. You know, everyone is a triathlete, they just don't know it yet. Who is your hero in the sport of triathlon? Finish line, whether you're the first finisher or the final finisher, is where all people come together. We're all out there together. That's what I live for. This, this is the Chelsea is and the Eric Chelsea Show. And Eric show. Welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. Chelsea here with an exciting update. It seems that COVID has become a very active time for people having babies and pro athletes are no exception. As you may know, I am very pregnant. In fact, by the time you hear this, I may have already had my baby daughter. So I wanted to talk to some of my fellow triathlete parents and get as much advice as possible before my due date, which is actually today. As a result, we put together a series of podcasts with me speaking to new moms and dads. Selfishly, though, we've mainly hit up the moms. Anya Epoch grew up in an officially designated triathlon area in Bavaria, Germany. Swimming, biking, and running became second nature from a very young age, as was watching professional triathletes performing at the very highest level in her own backyard. Triathlon became a fascination for the young Anya, and that fascination ultimately led her to podiums at the Ironman 70.3 Worlds, a fourth place finish at the Ironman World Championships, and numerous Ironman race wins. I got to talk to Anya about her new fascination, her baby daughter Pauline, and how she plans to re-enter the sport of triathlon. Anya Epoch, welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. I'm so, so happy to have you on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, today, uh, not that good as usual <laughs> because I had a hard night. I had a little bit of fever, but I can't remember when I was sick. So it's been a long time. And uh, so it's it's quite unusual to say I'm not 100% <laughs> good. But yeah, you know, that's that's just the, the body. Uh, mentally, I'm very healthy and I feel very, very good. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And we so appreciate you coming on, even though you're not feeling at your 100%, as you said. We are doing this really special series here on the show, getting into parenthood and having all of our Hoka parents on the podcast. So I'm especially excited to talk to you because you welcomed little Pauline into the world about eight months ago now. How is how is she doing and how has motherhood been treating you? Yeah, it's now nine months. And uh, yeah, she's a very, very funny and very lively girl. <laughs> and she started crawling like yeah, one and a half months ago. So now she's somehow discovering the world on her own, but she's very fast in crawling. So it's training again for me, <laughs> sprint training, following her and uh, taking care that uh, she doesn't do anything which can be maybe dangerous. And yeah, motherhood so far is, you know, when I thought about 
yeah, getting birth, a baby, I thought being a mother is, is something very nice and special. But to be honest, it's, it's more than that. I think it's hard to find a word. It's, it's more than great. Maybe it's, uh, it's wonderful. I don't, I don't know if, if there exists a word. But it's definitely the, the best time of my life. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. I, I am expecting actually in just a couple of weeks, I'm expecting a daughter. Ooh, and so, cool. <laughs> you know, you hear all these stories from various people and people surprisingly love to share their horror stories about their birth and how oh, yes. your life is totally going to get blown up when your child enters the world. And so that's really reassuring and nice for me to hear from you that it's been such a positive fun yeah, experience so far yeah, definitely I mean to be honest I don't tell you any any horror story but giving birth was definitely not that easy that I thought it is <laughs> but no, no, no details yeah I don't want to make you any fear <laughs> or, or that you worry about <laughs> but definitely uh, as soon as you have that that little gift in your hands and and on your chest everything everything else is is gone and your life is is so different it's uh there's just one thing now in your life and that's the most important and the most the most beautiful one that's so wonderful to hear Anya you are in Germany I'm curious to hear what it has been like to experience COVID lockdown in Germany and also navigating bringing your daughter into the world at the same time as this crazy period that we're living in I mean, to be honest, as a pro triathlete, you somehow live in a bubble, which is very close to the lockdown. <laughs> Let's say this. I mean, if, if you, if you train, you don't go shopping, you don't go out. It's, uh, it's not that you have that life that you miss everything, what you can't do right now. What I really missed was meeting people, especially now for my girl, because, um, there's an African code which said that a child should grow up in a, in a village. And yeah, I wanted to, to, yeah, to have her more in a, in a bigger family grown up. But now she's, she's a little bit of a mummy girl <laughs> due to that lockdown. But I think, you know, that's, that's not even worse. And yeah, I think the older she gets, the more she interacts with other children and babies. And I think then it's more important. And regarding the lockdown, the, the only thing which was, or which made me nervous was giving birth. Because it was not clear if my husband can attend and if he can come to hospital, and so I was ringing nearly every day the the hospitals and asking for the current situation. But in the end, he was with me and everything was was fine. So it was it was good, and everything else we we managed quite quite good. Oh, that's really that's really good to hear. I think I think the medical field is realizing how important it, ha it is for women to have yeah. that support at their birth, of course, to like reach the most positive outcomes. So that's, that's great to hear that he was able to be there. Has she been able to meet any of your or your husband's family yet? Uh, yes. I mean, we, it, it's not that we spend hours together, but uh, we now when the weather is getting better, we meet in the garden. And uh, that's, that's quite nice. But it's still less. And yeah, if you, if you get a, get a child, you, you want to show it, you know, to everybody and want to introduce. <laughs> and yeah, you're this, a proud mama. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, but this, you know, just have to wait. So that's, that's not the big point. 
we will we will do it later. Yeah, well, and you're getting, I'm sure, a lot of really great bonding time with your immediate family. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's really that's really wonderful. Anya, you're 36 years old, I think. And as as we're seeing the late 30 mid to late 30s are when so many female triathletes are really at their very best which is so incredible to hear they're having their top performances um, during this kind of later stage of their career. I'm curious about your decision to start a family when you arguably would be at your peak. Yeah. You know, the last years I was, uh, I was thinking about what will be the right time. And uh, to be honest, it's quite difficult to find the right time when, when you're a pro triathlete. And I always said next year, next year, maybe next year. And I did this for a couple of years and I never felt ready for it. And then it was last year in September. It was like, you know, like, like one day to another, I said, now I'm ready for it. I don't, I don't know. It was a feeling which was coming inside. And for sure, I am in the age where I still can perform on the highest level. And I think uh, in the middle of the thirties, the four forties or 36, I am. It's not just about the age. I think it's more about the experience because you raced so many years and you, you trained so many years. And yeah, somehow maybe I think you, you get the self-confidence in life also in that time, which makes you to that. Yeah. Which makes possible that performance. So I think it's, it's not just the age. It's, it's the life around. You're settled, you know, and this is why, why I think you can perform. But for me, it was, you know, I started triathlon when I was 12 years old and uh, I did it very seriously the whole, the whole years. <laughs> and so every year was about racing and about training and, and I can't complain. It was a good life. But uh, last year, it was the feeling I have to, I have to change something or well, two years ago now. And I didn't, I didn't ever expect it come that sudden, but. <laughs> When, when it was in September, uh, I said, it's I, now I'm ready. Let's give it a try. <laughs> and, uh, and it happened at once. And so I said, okay, now it's, it's this path we, we should go. And, uh, it's, it's the right time. I feel ready for it. And I think that every woman has this feeling inside and has to, to, to listen to that feeling. Absolutely. It's so interesting to talk to different women about their experience with, you know, making, this decision for their family, if it was, you know, a really deliberate decision. I, I don't know if I felt like I was a hundred percent ready to start my family, but I definitely felt something inside where I was like ready for more in my life and ready to have, to start building that, that other aspect of my life. And I don't know that I necessarily felt like empty or unfulfilled, but I just felt like I, I needed that a change. Yeah, that piece. Yeah, exactly. So it's really interesting to talk talk to you about that. Yeah, I mean, I could remember when when I realized I'm pregnant. So when I saw the pregnant test or pregnancy test, it was it was like, oh, it's true. Shit. Okay. <laughs> now here we go. So it was. I was the first weeks. I was you know still a bit unsure was it the right decision or not. But the more, the more and more. You get used to that idea and then you, you realize what, what's waiting for you and which, what, what can be. 
And so it's good that, that you need nine months, yeah, to, to get I think so <laughs> to too. Get used to that idea. If you get it just in nine days, maybe you're not prepared for it, <laughs> especially mentally. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when, when I get birth and still, yeah, over the last nine months, I think it happens every second day. I said, I say to my husband, it was the best decision ever. And I think it will be the same for you. You can be, you can be sure. The nature is, is, uh, is very smart. <laughs> yeah. It's very smart and very strong. And I think you're right. You yeah. need those nine months to really prepare yourself yeah. you know, mentally and emotionally that your, yes. your world is about to, about to change quite dramatically. Yes, that's true. Especially the first months. <laughs> that's what I hear. That's what I hear. How, how did it go over with your sponsors when you told them that you were pregnant? Um, yeah, surprisingly well. I mean, I told them after 12 weeks and yeah, everybody was happy for me. I mean, this was one thing because, you know, it's, I think it's always a good, no a good note or a good information, good news, I would say, uh, if you say you're pregnant. So yeah, they were, they were quite happy, but in the end, not everybody supported me this way. Which mm -hmm. I could understand. It's, it's totally okay. Because I mean, if you can't perform, uh, for a couple of months and weeks and maybe years, it's okay if they then decide to support another sponsor, another athlete. So that's, that's definitely fine. You know, if you have, yeah, such a situation, you also get to know who really stands behind you. So it's also a good test to see um, which sponsors remain and which uh, support you, whatever you do. And uh, so I'm quite happy that, uh, let's say it's a natural selection. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And I'm quite happy that uh, the big ones in these ones I was very emotional about, which were important for me, for example, like Hoka, that they supported me 100%. And uh, that's something very special and I'm grateful for. And so I could also understand if they decided for another athlete. It's not that I complain or that I say negative things about them. But yeah, it's it was a selection definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm definitely not looking for you to like bash on any of your former sponsors or anything like that. But I I'm of the personal opinion that When a, a female athlete is pregnant or when she is a new mom, she is at her most marketable, actually, and her most relatable because there are in our sport, especially there are so many amateur athletes who are parents and yeah. they have these big careers and families and they're balancing all of these things. And so for people to see someone like you try to do your job on the race course while also, you know, raise your daughter is in incredibly inspiring and powerful and, and relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it has changed. Let's see if we go back like 15 years, it was yeah. not possible to be a mom and an athlete, um, not just triathlon, other sports as well. So now it's, it's still thinkable and it's still practical. I mean, you see it, you can see it out there. So there's definitely a change for the last 10 years, let's say this. But still, it's it's a difficult situation for both, for the athlete and also for the sponsors as well. And I think, as you said, it's you can inspire and you can be still, because we are as athletes, we, it's not about, you know, just racing and our results. It's about the way of life and sharing our experience also outside the race course. And yeah, and this, I think, is, is definitely worth it. And I, I think that 
you know, like companies like Hoka, they did understand and they, they support it that way. And others maybe, maybe they have a different thinking or, or maybe they need some more years. <laughs> yeah. They need some more years to, to, to get on board, to realize <laughs> you know, yeah, what they're, what they're missing out on, in my opinion. Yeah. We're going to jump back to talking a little bit about your pregnancy and, and training during your pregnancy. But while we're on this note of inspiring, I wanted to ask you about your social media initiative that you've started. And you're going to have to correct me on the pronunciation, Anya, because I am not a German speaker. I think it's um, triathlon Madchen. Madchen? Yeah, good. Very good. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, about this social media initiative that you've started. Yeah. You know, when I, when I get pregnant, I really, it was the first time of my life that I realized how powerful women can be and the the female body. And before it was, you know, I thought that I can be just good performing if I look more masculine and if, if I train like a guy and if I look like, more like a guy. And I always had the idea and the feeling that my, you know, my female cycle and when I look female, it, it it makes me slow and it's not yeah it's not very high performing <laughs> and through my pregnancy i realized what the female body can do and how much power it has and and through that i i had also that time to read more about uh, training like women and read a lot about hormones and you know not just, not just the sex hormones also the hormones in general and I had time to, you know, to get more into that theme. And yeah, and I realized that, you know, if you understand your body and if you accept it as it is, and if you start loving it as it is, it's so more powerful. Before, I, I have to say, I was often training because I hate my body and I thought I had to suffer and I, I have to go that through. And, and now I had a complete, I have a completely different mindset and try to work with my body and love it as it is and use the female power as a weapon and not before, you know, thinking that's something bad and I can't perform on that day and so on. And yeah, when I was, you know, realizing that and, and talking to other female athletes, I noticed, okay, they're still thinking the same like I did before that. <laughs> and I, I decided, okay, I've learned so much about me and I, I made so many mistakes in my professional career. And what I want to do is just share these experiences and tell them what, what I have learned and maybe that they can, can go directly <laughs> to, to that way without failing, uh, what I did many times. And that was, that was the idea. And so I created this community and I'm surprised that there are so many women out there, um, yeah, having the same thinking, having the same problems and, uh, yeah, who are really interested in how to overcome these problems and to, to get connected to your body again and to get connected to your, to your women or to your female body again and seeing this as a strength and not as a, the weakness, yeah. Yeah, that is, that's so powerful, Anya. And I think such a universal experience that so many, so many of us have, especially when we are in sports as young girls, we have to navigate all of these different periods of our bodies changing as we go through puberty and as we develop. And these things are often seen as such a negative 
Yeah. And we're fed that from so many different places from, you know, media and oftentimes coaches and trainers and all of these things. And man, I wish that we had known that when we were, you know, 15 or 20 years old, we both probably could have avoided a lot of injuries and, and mistakes, like you said, but I, gosh, I think like pregnancy is the most powerful experience in realizing what your body is capable of doing. You know, you like literally grow a new organ in the placenta and you, of course, like grow a human in your own body, which is just miraculous if you, if you really stop and think about it. It's a wonder. It is a wonder. Yeah. It totally is. And so how amazing that you're passing on that knowledge, you know, that you've that you've gained in confidence and power and strength to to other women. You know, it's it it always starts in your mind, yeah. And also if you if you look outside, you have mostly most people they have just coaches for their physical training and no one works on on their mind and everything starts on your mind and then it comes to to the body. And this is I think it's it's such a potential and during my career I was always supported by mind coaches and I always had the idea uh if I would be you know, a bit clearer <laughs> and had a little bit more self-confidence. I would be so much more, yeah, let's say successful. And often, you know, I was, I was just limited by myself, by my own thoughts. And it was, you know, if I look back now, I can say I was not happy. And, and I know you can train happy. You can, and you can, when you're trained happy, you can be successful. It's not that you have to, to suffer to be successful. And I was working this the last 10 years, but you know, sometimes you need that time to realize and you need this also that break, which was very good for me, you know, to get away from the sport and to, yeah, to have the time also to, to get to know myself, which sounds crazy yeah? <laughs> because you spend five hours on the bike and you think you, you spend time with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you don't. It's do. different though. It's yeah. different. And, and that nine months of creating another human is is a really transformative experience. Yeah, yeah. I think we spend so much of our lives as professional athletes trying to be in control, like you said. And sometimes, you know, when we're not really happy or we're not in a great place, we feel like we're fighting our body. Yeah. And during pregnancy, there's this element of really having to surrender yeah. to the process. Because yeah, that's true. The most important thing, of course, is that from my perspective, the most important thing is, you know, the health of my baby and and I need to be happy. I think I need to be happy too to yeah. center all of the the good the good energy and vibes while she's while she's growing. And so Yeah, that's true. And what you said about uh, in control was quite interesting because I was very scared to gain too much weight because my mom and my sister they gained like forty kilos and I was oh well. I was so scared. And the first, I think it has been the first five or six months and I was gaining a lot of weight. And then somehow I, I learned or I realized I just let it go. Your body knows what's the best for, for him or for it, yeah, for her. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the interesting thing was since I had this in my mind and I was telling me this day by day, just to trust my body, just trust it. It knows what to do. It's, it's, you know, it's the expert. And, uh, since, since that point, I didn't get any weight anymore. So that was quite interesting, this experience, because 
you know, you, when you go to the doctor, you always have this, you have to go on the scale. So you see yeah. what, what you're gaining and you can't avoid it. <laughs> and it was quite interesting because the doctor said that, yeah, the last three months, usually you gain that great weight and there has been just two or three kilos. So very, very less. Wow. And this was the, yeah, the main experience to see if you just trust yourself and you just let it go. The nature and the body knows what to do and it's, this is in control and this, you know, this cramping you often have is, is, is just bad. Do you think that you will take that to your sport or to the race course when you return? I'm assuming you're, you want to return. Do you want to return to the, the race course? Yeah, but you know, with a different goal, okay. I, I don't think I can perform on that high level before uh, because I don't have that training volume. But uh, my goal is definitely to have another mindset on race course and to go there with that feeling that you, you feel good, you trust yourself with these positive vibes and without these doubts and without these, you know, these negative thoughts you have in your mind for hours and hours and and that's something what, um, yeah, what, what I plan, what, what is an idea to, to come back racing, but with a totally different mindset and really with enjoying and not enjoying just, you know, when you're behind the, behind the, um, the finish line. <laughs> yeah. That's really neat. That's really neat to hear. And I think it could be pretty incredible for your daughter to watch you do that, to see you show yourself and your body. A lot of love and then to bring that joy to the race course could be yeah. pretty quite quite an example for her yeah I hope <laughs> so going back to your pregnancy if you're if you're up for chatting about it I'd love to know what training looked like while you were pregnant were you still swimming and biking and running yes I would so um, my coach she is um, also a woman and she gave birth so she knows exactly what it means being pregnant. And uh, surprisingly, we were training by schedule on the day um, I give birth. <laughs> and uh, on that day, I was cycling two hours and, you know, Nordic walking uh, an hour and swimming in our pool because of the lockdown, the pools were closed. So we have, you know, a very simple one and I'm swimming on that, that rope <laughs> or that elastic yeah. band. Yeah. I mean, it was not that... I have this in my mind. You have to train to keep fit. Um, it was more important for me um, to have that daily routine because um, I, ex I would it would have been very difficult if from one day to another you stop training and you totally change your life. So for me, it was good to have that daily routine. Um, I mean, it was no intense training. It was you know aerobic training, but it was for me. It was good. I just decided day by day if if I still feel good and I could run until the seventh month and then one day I went out and then it feels bad and then I decided okay now I I walk yeah <laughs> and yeah. um I, I, I just let it go and it it feels good and yeah the most important thing was that that routine um which I which I needed yeah yeah absolutely I think we're such creatures of habit as endurance athletes and I know that I really thrive on having a routine. Like I feel like myself and like I'm being productive when I yeah. am doing some sort of training and it's, 
it's more like exercise rather yeah. than like training for me at at this stage. But I like having something to look forward to, you know, on the schedule and I and movement feels so so good. Maybe not as quickly as I was moving before, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still invigorating. Yeah, and, and for me, it was also good to get outside because uh, for me, training is also the time to spend in the nature. And so I really enjoyed, I, I bought a gravel bike and I enjoyed, you know, riding off the street. I didn't feel comfortable riding on the street and I stopped riding group riding where from third months on I felt not safe. And um, so I just did everything what makes me happy, what makes me feel safe and just kept going. Yeah. And this until the last last day. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Was pregnancy what you expected? If I was following other athletes, uh, other triathletes, I was expecting that I can be yeah active very long. But in my mind, I also had the idea maybe it's different. So um, I was really... It was really important for me to tell myself it's important to listen to my body. And this is what I said before, that this listening to the body was something new for me because the years before, um, I mean, sometimes you were listening, but most of the time you were doing different things. Now it was uh, it was a very intense feeling that you have during pregnancy. Like, for example, I could remember the first months I was really tired in the middle of the day. And it just happens, you know, like from one second to another. And uh, usually as a sportsman, you get over this feeling, but I couldn't. And I remember one time I was shopping and I was so tired. So I left all the stuff in the shop. I cycled home and with my clothes and my shoes, I went to bed and I just slept for one hour. This was something uh, very new. And also regarding food, the first month it was very funny because I... I often, you know, eat just healthy stuff and or what I think is healthy, you know, like oats and nuts for breakfast. And yeah. the first three months, you know, I was I was so keen on this this junk food, yeah. <laughs> I mean I didn't eat it, but I was I was really keen on and my husband he was just laughing, uh, because usually I never said I want to have a pizza. It's like, okay, which vegetables will we cook today? And uh so he was very lucky. Because every now and then we had done pizza or, or stuff that I usually not eat. And that was very surprising for him and for me as well. I know it's it's bizarre to go from craving really healthy, nourishing food to fuel your activity to then craving all sorts of like greasy fats and yeah. carbs. And but I think that our bodies are so smart. You know, they tell us they tell us what what they need. Yeah. And the, the important thing is you have to listen to it. And this is something what I learned through pregnancy. And, um, that's something what, what I still, still do now, nine months after giving birth. Yeah. That's, that's a really value. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Were there any athletes that you reached out to for advice or are there any athlete moms in triathlon or in other sports that you look up to? Uh, to be honest, no. I mean, the only mom I look up to is my own mom. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, really. She's the best in the world, to be honest. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, she, yeah, she really, she gave me and my sister so much love and so much time. And, um, yeah, I can just remember a very nice childhood, which was, uh, no worries and, and just a lot of, 
a lot of fun and love and uh, yeah that's definitely which is inspiring me and uh, I hope one day maybe I I can or Pauline says the same <laughs> I'm sure that she will moving past your pregnancy a little bit were there any postpartum challenges that you had in your recovery after birth um not really I mean what was a real challenge was giving birth <laughs> to be honest you sure because it took <laughs> that's me, fair it took me uh two days and uh what was crazy I have been then uh, four days without sleep which was unbelievable I mean usually you think that's not possible but uh yeah it's possible <laughs> and um I went into that, let's say, event or that race, a very positive. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I did hypnobirthing. I don't know if you know this or hypnobirthing. We, all, we are also doing hypnobirthing. Yeah, or we took okay. a hypnobirthing class. Yeah, it's ah, pretty cool. And so, you know, I had this in my mind. Okay, it will happen. I will go to the hospital, bring to birth, come back home a few hours later. And it was so different. So yeah. we went to hospital three times. And on the third time... Um, on the third time, um, I said, I just go out on this hospital together with my daughter, you know, because I felt so bad and it was, uh, it was two days without sleep. So I was, I was completely, you know, fucked up. Sorry to say this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead. And then I said, okay, now the, the main thing is still, still before it's still happening. And I, I felt so weak and so, so tired. And this was something, um, yeah, which which I didn't expect. Yeah, I had a completely different idea of how things will happen, and it really takes long time. Sure. And and then uh, the second thing was the the breastfeeding. You know, it looks so easy if you see other women, and um, you know, I thought, okay, um, maybe it takes a few days, um, but it takes two weeks. And uh, the problem was that my girl, she was losing weight, and it's still something we both had to learn, you know, not just me, she also. But it was challenging. And um, these have been, I would say, the two two points which I didn't expect. But since since that works, you know, when, when the when the child is eating, everything is fine and is gaining weight, <laughs> then you're happy again. <laughs> right. It sounds like you already got a taste of your mom's strength just in your birth experience. <laughs> Yeah. And doing something that maybe you weren't sure you'd be able to do yeah, just in those true. first couple of days. <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> Anya, have you have you felt much pressure? I know you said that your goals maybe are changing a little bit, but have you felt much pressure to kind of bounce back to fitness? Uh no. I would say the opposite. It's the first time of my life I don't have this you know, in Germany, we say this backpack, <laughs> this heavy backpack yeah. you're carrying. I don't know if this I expression like yeah. <laughs> is in English. I don't know. Um, and the first time felt this backpack is gone. And I, you know, I can just do sport and enjoy every training I do. And every training is, is a me time now. So it's the time of the day when I can, you know, be on my own, don't talk <laughs> and, uh, you know, just think, uh, yeah, let my things, uh, or my thoughts just flow. And yeah, as I said, every, every race I do is, it's like a cherry on top. And, um, if, if there won't be any cherries <laughs> anymore, that's, that's also fine. Yeah. So it's, 
it's definitely completely different and um it's not pressure it's yeah it's it's just um feeling free independent <laughs> yeah i i really hope that you do have the opportunity to get back on the race course because I'm quite curious to see how you would perform with that attitude, <laughs> with that, with that sense of that sense of freedom, yeah, and and joy. Do you think that this has been? Would you say that this has been pregnancy and and the birth and these first months of motherhood? Has it? Would you say it's been empowering for you? Yeah, yeah, that's the right word. It's empowering and it's it's being true to yourself or being yourself. Before it feels like I was another person, you know, I was posting on social media what people want me to post. I want, um, that everybody likes me, let's say that way. And, um, sure. I, I couldn't be very authentic. I mean, it was mm -hmm. not that I, that I was lying, but it was still a role you have to play. And now I can be, you know, a hundred percent authentic. And this, this makes the freedom and this makes, um, makes me, yeah, in my daily life so happy. I don't have to. Before it was a lot of, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to train. And now it's like, oh, yes, I can. I'm allowed. I have one hour to go <laughs> and uh, I get to train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think that so many of us know that that is the right approach and the most positive approach to sport. But it's easier said than done. You know, it's not, we can tell ourselves that, you know, gratitude is the best place to work and perform from, but it's not always easy to realize that it can be contrived, you know? So that's cool to hear that you're, you're really in that place. I mean, before I was always talking to myself, uh, hey, take it easy and, put more ease in your life and in your, in your performance, but the opposite it was. And now it's, it's really that I feel that ease in my, in my daily life. And uh, also in my training sessions, I, I could, I could feel that, you know, my body is, is still responding to training and very good, surprisingly good. Um, so it has been, I think it has been before Christmas. I was I was doing a bike test, you know, just to to see what's going on, <laughs> and I didn't yeah. feel that that strong. But but the test was the performance test was very close to these ones I did in summer times when I was in in race mode. So I was I was very surprised, and uh, so I realized it's not just the feeling; it it feels good. Yeah, you see also the numbers that it's a way. It's another way. But it's a good one. It is good. Yeah, yeah it is good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can, I can just encourage you and hope that uh, that's the same for you as well. Absolutely, you're definitely getting me really excited and in a a really positive place on this morning, Anya. <laughs> what what does what does training look like for you right now? Volume. It's um, about two hours per day, and uh, we have okay. to manage it with my with our family or with my husband. So most of the time I train from 6 to 8 a.m. Yeah, make it possible that he can go to work to a quite normal time, like 9. And uh, one day um, he's doing home office. So this is the day I can do sport during the time. <laughs> and, uh, nice. yeah, before I was, I was still a person who was very structured and tried to work very effective 
this also helps, you know, with a family if you're structured and effective. Yeah, I take every time I can, I can take for the sport and for myself. Um, but what's not possible, it's after 5 p.m. or after 6 p.m. to do any sport. So before I had in my mind, oh, when, when she's sleeping, maybe I, you know, I do a little spinning or anything like that. But after 5 or 6 p.m., she's a mommy girl. And um, when she's crying, there's just mom who can help. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but that it is. Yeah. That's the situation. <laughs> and also, you know, when, when I saw when I saw sometimes pictures from other, they they put their baby next to the treatment or next to the, the tubal and it was sleeping. So I thought, oh, yeah, that's a nice idea. But no way with my girl. Yeah, she she's not into it. No, she doesn't want to look. She wants to be part and want to do the same and crawling and, you know, not just sitting and, and watching. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure that once they're on the move, so to speak, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can see that, you know, month by month, uh, she's getting more and more independent let's say this i mean she's nine months you can't say independent but uh uh the more you know you have good time on your own and and i think maybe in two or three years when when she goes to the kindergarten then you think oh this time was so nice uh, spending the whole day with her <laughs> and you miss it and uh and now you sometimes think oh would be nice to have maybe one hour more <laughs> but yeah just take it as it is do you think that you would encourage pauline to do to do sport or to do triathlon? Yes. I don't know if it, if it would be triathlon. Um, I mean, if she likes swimming, biking and running, I think that's something kids like or every, everyone likes. I definitely want to support her different when, when she wants to do, you know, performance sports. Um, I would like to support her with my knowledge and, uh, yeah, to make her happy with sport, have these negative points less or, or not. Um, so it's, it's more like I want to introduce her into sport and into nature. And if it's triathlon, that's fine. If it's soccer, it's, it's soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind. Um, the most important that she has fun and want to move and want to go outside and get to learn about her body and herself and, and the nature and treat the nature right. If it's through cycling or anything else, that's, that's fine. I love asking professional athletes that question because I think a lot of our listeners would maybe expect that you'd say, yes, I want her to be great at triathlon or great at swimming or biking or whatever I'm into. But actually, so many professional athletes have an answer that's similar to yours, which is that they want their child to to find their own, you know, passion for sport and they want it to be a lot of fun and they want it to be a positive experience. I think as professional athletes, we know how challenging this job is. And if that's something that our child wants to experience, great. Yeah. But I don't think like a lot of that pressure will be coming yeah. from from us, at least in our family. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And uh, I think you have to support them, what whatever they do. Yeah. To be honest, um, maybe I don't want you to make that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe she, you know, she, she does something without pressure. <laughs> yeah. Just, just with fun. She For don't sure. need races. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we talked about your goals and how they're changing a little bit, but do, do you have any races on your calendar at this stage? 
I mean, I had the idea to race um, in September or start racing August, September, so late August, okay. September, and I, I had in mind to, to do a long-distance race. But I just have to decide it month by month um, how how training is going and how Paulina is uh, is adapting <laughs> to the training or the other way around. <laughs> and uh, sure, yeah, I, I just want to race. You know, if I'm also fit enough, I don't want to race in a in a bad shape and uh, get these bad feelings back. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm just. Just stay tuned and just wait uh, also how the situation with the lockdown and COVID is um, because at the moment I I don't have the feeling that traveling so far is that what I want. I just have to go once by once and see um, how, how things are going. But uh, definitely I, I want to race again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, a really positive approach and I'm excited to see, to see you back out there. If you look back at your your career now as a new mom, what do you think that this sporting life has given you? Oh, a lot. Um, it makes me what I am. Yeah, and um, also I I have very yeah lot of negative experience as well. I also have many many positive, and I. You know, I could travel the world. I could see so many places, so many nice places on earth and, and, and meet so many, yeah, inspiring people. Definitely triathlon and other pro athletes are very, very special one. I mean, everybody is so special. Every human being is special, but they, they inspired me. And, um, it, it was definitely a, a life which, yeah, made me to that person I am. And, I also think that sport was is catalyzation. Is that a is that a word in English? It's a catalyst. Yeah, a catalyst. So so that the sport, for example, shows that I that I'm not very self confident and that I have to work on that. And it said me this very clear and very loud and very often. And I think if you have let's say a normal life where you don't challenge yourself. You don't realize it and you don't feel it so, so hard also. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that the sport showed me, you know, also the, the weakness, the personal weakness and also the, you know, the things I, I have to work on. And that's, that's something I'm, I'm happy for. Uh, also it, it was pain in that moment <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was not nice, but looking back, it, it made me grow. And it made me to that person I am. And um, that's what I'm, I'm very happy for. Yeah. yeah, well, you certainly seem quite confident and self-assured now. So it's, it's fun to hear about that, you know, realization and how, how you've experienced that through your sporting career and now in this new journey that you're on in motherhood. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you'll take uh, Pauline with you to, to your races when you... When you get back out there, if you decide to, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I want to show her what mom is doing, <laughs> and, and yeah. all the all the sides, the true sides. <laughs> uh, that's definitely. Um, but it will be different racing, you know. It will be less serious, less stress, and more more fun. So um, also, if if I think of training camp, I think it will be more having vacation with the family, and mom has some extra time. <laughs> 
or, or we go exactly. cycling cycling together or or whatever or um yeah or she's sitting in the carrier or, or whatever it's definitely another another life and i never want to go back to that old one it was okay it was okay for that time but uh but now you know it's if if i'm riding for example my longest ride now is two hours which was the years before my shortest ride yeah <laughs> But after yeah. two hours, I miss her, and uh, it's um, I'm, I'm never lazy, and I never stopped training before because of any reason. Uh, it was just get it done until the last minute, and now it's like, okay, I can I can stop it five minutes before. I I don't care. Uh, it's now important to listen to my heart and go home, <laughs> and that's that's also something very very new. But yeah, it's just listening, listening to your heart and, and doing what you feel. Yeah, a new, a new and exciting approach. That's, that's for sure. Anya, we have uh, a few quick fire questions for you if you're up for it. Okay. Oh, get me prepared, right? <laughs> the pressure, the pressure is on. We're just going to practice getting those race nerves turning a little bit Ooh, oh you make me before scared. you actually no i'm just i'm just <laughs> kidding these are very simple and you know just listen to your listen to your heart as we say yeah. when you're finding let your answer <laughs> let the flow go yeah exactly all right you ready yes i'm ready okay your favorite mantra or saying i am the best i can be your favorite journey? Being a mom. Your favorite sound? Listening to my daughter when she is snoring. <laughs> I love it. You get one style of hokas to wear for the rest of your life. What style do you choose? The Clifton. Same. <laughs> First thing you want to do when COVID lockdown is over? Have my family and make a big party. <laughs> Beautiful. Anya Epoch, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has just been such a pleasure to speak with you and connect with you over this beautiful new journey that you're on. And I, I hope to see you in person at the races one of these days. Yeah, thank you very much. And it's it's a big honor. You, you choose me for telling my story. And all the best for the new life for you, for the new chapter. And all the best for, you know, the, what's happening the next two or three months. And just, uh, yeah, just let everything come as it is and trust your body and trust your mind and everything else will be, will be done by its own. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Chelsea and Eric show is brought to you by Hoka One One and Ironman. Man. 